Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important, getting or letting go? Kelly Butler is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but he also played in the NFL. Butler now works with indigenous children in Winnipeg. Playing for a purpose, works with young people, providing mentorship and creating opportunities. Kelly, as a black man and a former professional athlete, how are you feeling watching all of this unfold? This episode today is COVID and mental health. And we talked previously on the previous show, it was a two-part episode. First, we talked about my NFL disability. Having a purpose, being able to chase something, and that purpose, being able to elevate myself through losing my mother and my father, to going through a lot of traumatic issues when I was a child, to playing sports, and being becoming a nightmare after sports, because my mental health was never really properly addressed or made aware. So I went into great detail about you know the trials and tribulations of athletes, especially NFL athletes or, or, or football athletes that deal with mental health and sports-related disabilities. And that's something I'm still going into right now. If you're listening to this episode and you're looking for advice or information or trying to be able to say you're going through something, because today my emotions fluctuated so high and so low because my shoulder from football is continually in pain and I didn't sleep well. It's a roller coaster here and there, but I wanted to be able to acknowledge if you listening to this show and you are going through something and you have some questions or you need some more information, please go to the push with KB at gmail.com because I don't want you to not be able to be seen. And this is a voice for all of us. And through these, this episode, we're going to grow together and talk. So this episode today is COVID and mental health. I just want to say thank you to the community for the support because sometimes as they have these let's talk months just because you talk about something you open it up when i started talking about mental health it becomes overwhelming and people that deal with mental health it becomes a struggle and now i can kind of be able to relate because with the changes that have happened with covid a lot of people's mental health is worse if they've had pre-existing mental health issues or now they're creating mental health issues right now how has covid impacted you personally me personally I had a structure and a system in place, and then I made adjustments to follow the rules. And from trying to follow the rules and regulations, my dream of being able to transition and open a business was crushed. There's a lot of people listening right now that what they knew has been taken away from them. And the thing about mental health is when something is taken away from you, you have to pretend like everything's okay. So as a football player, I had to pretend like everything was okay. So I had to mask the problem. I was aware that I was in pain, but I had to put that on the back burner. So right now you can't even address your mental health issues because there's issues of when's my bills coming and how am I gonna pay my next meal, my kids, all these things. So as a community, this is the time where people are starting to lose control because it's overwhelming. And I know what it felt like to be overwhelmed and I went to a mental health institution because I felt like I was losing control, trying to be in control, helping other people, as I talked about in the previous episode. So as we look at where you are right now, how are you handling this situation during COVID? What are you doing for yourself? I think the first thing about it is ownership and saying, acknowledging what is going on. And I don't necessarily know when there is going to be a cure, when there isn't going to be a cure. Once you accept that, you become at peace. Because you're like, it is what it is. So once you get into that mindset of fighting to survive, now, you, you, now you're mentally getting yourself prepared to do that. 
I want to talk about being able to be mentally weak and the difference between that and identifying how you're approaching COVID. You need to be aware of what's going on. A lot of times mentally strong people are mentally unhealthy. And let me break that thought down to you and explain to you because you're like, how does that make sense? As a football player, I was probably one of the most mentally strong people you will ever meet. A lot of athletes are very mentally strong, doctors, lawyers. You have to push your brain and your mind to do things other people couldn't do at a time frame, what's going on. So if my, if I had to worry about my bills or my job or what's going on as far as before football, I had to turn that off. Go play a game with a lot of noise versus a different defense, regardless of my shoulder hurt. I had to turn off all my other emotions and I never had an opportunity to be able to really deal with my mental health. Somebody that gets up and goes to work every single day at five o'clock, punches that clock in from five o'clock till five o'clock at night. That's a mentally strong person. He might drink and smoke and eat unhealthy. He's not a healthy person. He might be a mentally unhealthy person. So I look at myself as saying for a time period, I was made myself believe I was mentally strong when I was very mentally unhealthy. So a lot of athletes, when they leave sports, they're either lose their physical features, they get out of shape, they get fat, they start losing themselves. But these are mentally strong people, aren't they? How were they able to get up in the morning and run? Because they were mentally unhealthy. Their mental health was not addressed. You know, the depression, these kind of things. So now that you've lost your purpose, now... Worry about all these issues because I got into football because I wanted to get away from my past. I wanted to get away from my my pain. I took all of that pain and put it over here. But I didn't deal with that actual issue when it happened. So right now when we're looking at what's going on with athletes, especially the youth, because my, my charity and myself, I'm very heavily involved because that was my escape. So as a parent, as a coach, as somebody, you ask myself, why am I doing the things that, why are we doing the things? And I talk about I, because it's from my lived experience. And sometimes you might hear me boast or brag. It's just saying, when I got knocked down, who do you think was picking me up? Myself, for a long period of time. So sometimes when you're not, you don't have a voice, when you get a chance to get a voice, you want to be able to just yell out loud for all the other people that don't have a voice and be able to showcase that people to keep fighting. And that's one of the things with it being somewhat of a gift and a curse. The more I find out about myself through my pain, the more I open up and I want to yell it out because so many times I didn't have a chance to have a voice. So as you listen to this, I want you to have a voice and it's OK to boast because for so long mentally you've been held down. And I think right now when we look at where we are and having a voice, it's important to talk. As we're going through COVID and we're going through this challenging time right now, it's important for people to understand who's listening, who you're talking to, and where you are. In this particular right now, the now is acknowledging COVID is real. We don't necessarily know how long it's going to be here. And we have to identify where we are in our age and where we are as how mentally healthy we are. That's the first and foremost thing. Identify and take a second and say, how am I doing through this? If you are doing well and your system is still in place and you're still being able to maintain, good. If you're looking for some clarity or some control and you feel like your life's out of control, you're here, good. Take a breath. If you're just trying to figure out what's going on and you're just trying to get something to hold on to believe in, this is also here because during COVID, I become much more spiritually connected. Because there's so much chaos and there's so many different messaging going on here. I don't want to confuse you. 
I want to simplify it, connect it, and grow with you through this pain. And that's mental health, simplifying your thoughts to be able to be structured day in, day out, to be able to move forward. So if right now, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to talk about the beginning. Because my childhood, you know, when I was going through high school, and it's a lot of things happened that was problematic to my mental health right now. So I want to make this relatable to when I was a kid and it wasn't addressed to being 38 years old and how my mental health has been challenged from a few moments from between 12 and 14 years old. I look back at the beginning and I say, you know, the core root. So when I was initially talking to you, I said, now with 38 years old, being a dad, there's a lot of mental health issues that I'm dealing with, and they're not because of things that have happened now. They're things about happened when I was younger. And the biggest thing that happened was after I lost my mother and my father, I was at my most vulnerable stage. Right, and it was before I was able to get into sports. It was before I was able to get into a positive system that was going to allow me to elevate. As you're trying to transition through pain and you're trying to connect the positivity, Minutes feel like days, days feel like months, and my mind and my pain is overwhelming. And I'm just sticking out like a sore thumb because a lot of people that have been in this situation understand when you're in pain, you just want it to go away. You don't want to be seen. You don't want to be heard. And that was the moment when somebody saw me that shouldn't have. It was 12 years old, and I'm riding my bike. I'm somewhere in East Lansing at one of those bookstores, and looking at some magazines and then I go in the bathroom and I'm pissing and I freeze because the guy grabs my penis. And then it's like, like one of those like looks over and looked at me. I'm like, I look back over and I just froze. And it was that moment where my interaction as my father's passed away, some older gentleman had now touched me and I kind of froze and I was just like, what do I do? That moment was things happen to you. And then I jumped on my bike and rode back home and I had nobody to tell to. So I had to hold that. You know, at that time, my stepmom was getting ready to get remarried. I'm by myself pretty much trying to go play football or going through these things and mad. And that's that moment where, you know, people say people take advantage of you. I was taking advantage of at 12. And then when I moved into Grand Rapids, similar situation, trying to find myself Somehow the energy at the right moment just, and then you get into it. Anybody that's, you know, been in a situation like that as far as where you're a minor and somebody's substantially older and how it happens, you don't know. But when it does happen, it becomes problematic. So my point to this is a lot of people have pre-existing mental health issues. A lot of people don't even talk about some of the molestation or some of the things that they happen that the parents don't even know about. Now nobody knows about this and I get into sports and now I'm a very prominent sports athlete. Now I can't even talk about some of this. So the, all they people know about is my mother and father passing away. And then my father was, was very disciplinarian. And the only kind of love I ever got from a man was in an inappropriate sexual way. So my father disciplined me enough that I stayed out of trouble, but I didn't know he loved me. I was so broken in that perspective that somebody else was able to take advantage of that. So when you talk about, I'm a disciplinarian to your, your child, well, that broken child that you've beaten, somebody else might take advantage of him. So I look at parenting now compared to parenting then. I look at some of my mental health issues now compared to then. It's like, I was my most vulnerable and beaten up and nobody saw me. 
So when you look at right now with what's happening with sports and people's purpose is taken away from them and people's mental health is, is now at their most. And you look at Cameron Friesen, the minister of health, who I want to be able to reach out and talk to and talk about some of his thoughts about what he's doing now for kids and the long-term impacts of their mental health if they have pre-existing mental health issues. So somebody that has pre-existing mental health issues that has taken all of that pain of losing my mother, my father being abused by men, just everything that you can possibly imagine put into my pain to go take it out in sports. And then you take that away from me. You take my identity away from me. I would be dead if they had taken away sports like they're taking away sports from kids right now. And then that's why our charitable organization has introduced our leagues and we try and give back to the kids because the only thing that kept me alive was hope and a community. So I look at the community and when I started this and I acknowledge, thank you. Because sometimes you don't even see why I'm doing the things I'm doing because you supported me when I was so broken and thinking about thoughts that I shouldn't be thinking about. And somebody saw me now, Kelly Butler, and said, hey, how you doing? I'm like, man, thank you, man. Just thanks for saying hi, man, because this might have been the day. Because it becomes so much pressure to keep a lie and not be able to talk. I've been having to keep secrets and having to deal with things for my mental health as a child from a moment from 12 to 14 for two years that I carried for the rest of my life and saying, fluidity. Well, I've been with men, I've been with women, I'm married, but I was taken advantage of and I don't necessarily know what love means. So what does that make me? And then that's how I look at individuals that may have been that are transgender or, you know, gay or this or that. I'm saying at some point, how were they introduced to, you know, a sexual experience? And then they become labeled something. And then society binarily puts them in these kind of boxes and, 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 and chastises them and says, what? You created somebody that was, first of all, trying to identify who with who they were or trying to come out and have some courage and you just slapped them around and their mental health issues became problematic and you didn't give them any resources and then they become suicidal or they commit suicide or they have addiction issues because they have to numb the pain of the society. And I think about how I was looked at and how I was talked to. It was like when I, I try to talk about sports now, I don't even talk about sports. I don't tell my experiences on the field. I talk about, hey, what you should be knowledgeable about, what you should be well-versed in as an athlete. It's okay to talk about, yes, I've been, you know, with, you know, men and women. I've, you know, been have highs and lows. I've gone through life in a way that shouldn't be. And all you knew about was Kelly Butler, this person. Kelly Butler, the person that you perceive that had to be resilient. But if you knew about the trauma and the pain of what was taken away, you would understand that, why I am the way I am is to protect the kids because I wasn't protected. And I'm a natural protector and I was okay at it when I played a little bit of football. So I'm naturally able to be observant of when somebody's broken, people want to take advantage of that. And now at 38 years old, for the last five years, I've been a foster parent. I've been able to live firsthand experience and talk to other kids that have been molested, that have been taken advantage of, that have lost their parents, to have to build that strength and build that energy back and become more spiritually connected and say, it's not your fault. Mental health is not your fault. Being aware of what's going on is also something that you can control. Now, how society perceives you and responds to it, that's also not your fault. But you can control how you respond, but what you do. 
and for building and coaching a, the, the, a lot of the youth in the community that was thrown away, that was kicked to the side, that wasn't acknowledged, that wasn't 6A, that wasn't able to go to the NFL, my energy is for all of them. When I bring it on this, I bring it to brag for us, saying we can do this together regardless what we're growing through. But we have to acknowledge that mental health is real. And as a parent or a listener or a mentor or somebody that coaches or somebody that has a set of eyes, if you see something that resonates with you, go out there and acknowledge it and just be kind. I'm not saying I'm the kindest person, but I acknowledge when kindness is treated to me and I try my best. But I have to acknowledge I'm a former NFL athlete trying to figure out what's going on and also trying to be as transparent as possible with everybody. So my kindness comes from my pain. But I also want to acknowledge that mentally, I'm mentally healthier now because I was so mentally unhealthy, because I was so mentally strong and I was so mentally unaware of what was going on. So in these moments as COVID, it's very important to take a time to slow down and say, what are we doing here? And I'm talking about to all my athletes right now. How is this going on on all levels? If it's not going like it's supposed to take out the identity of being an athlete, first of all. What is your identity right now? And anybody, if you've lost your job, if things aren't going the way you want to, if you're not happy with where you are, take out whatever binary job you have and say, well, what are you outside of your job, first of all? And hold that thought. And if that thought isn't comfortable and clear enough, then take a step back and say, what do you want to be through this process? And then once you've established those kind of things, look around and saying, what's going to motivate you to be able to keep you moving forward? I can say I think about, you know, a lot of dark thoughts, but I also have a lot of bright thoughts. So I say structuring your day, like structuring your thoughts to the best of your ability, as much as you can, can control how erratic your thoughts can be. I just know I structure my day as best as I can to be able to control my energy and my spiritual connection because my thoughts will go in a lot of different directions by things I can't control. So find as much as what you can control in this chaotic situation. What do you believe in? If I'm weak, I know I'm connected to a higher power that can at least carry me through some of this chaos. I can carry myself by myself not far, man. I've been, I've been knocked down so many times and I didn't pick myself back up. And for a long period of time, I think we've all been knocked down and somebody's helped us get back up. It may be spiritually, it may be religiously, it may be an actual person, but you have to acknowledge that you didn't get yourself up by yourself. So whoever you're connected to at a higher power, that's first and foremost. If there is a belief in something, try to connect to that. And then once you actually look who's in front of you, around you, say, who am I connected to during COVID? We can all acknowledge that we lost some friends during COVID. People have changed during COVID. People's mental approach during COVID is very different. You have to think positively, even when it's really negative. So in these moments, I'm very positive because it's a gift and a curse. If I'm this positive, what am I fighting that's that negative? So I have a choice to focus on some of the negatives or a lot of negatives or the positives. And I'm not saying it's easy, but each person can at least acknowledge that there's one thing that can keep them motivated if you're going through that. And I call it, Kanye calls it a riff. I call it a loop. When you're having those thoughts, those negative thoughts, and they start coming right now, because I, I, I've been on that for a couple of days now. You know, my thought patterns is negativity and suicidal thoughts and just defeat and depression and overwhelming and anxiety because 
of trying to approach for my disability and fighting to try and get it and punching through. Now, we all can go through these fights and these things, but if you go through it alone, shit, you might lose. You probably are going to lose. So a lot of my team and my family is aware of like, man, I'm having my moment right now. You know, I'm pretty good right now, and I've called to my buddy Brad Black. I've talked to my buddy Stuart Schwaggert, who also deals with mental health issues. I talked to my sister today, and I was like, hey, I'm going to talk about when, um, you know, I was 12, and nobody knew about uh, when I was molested or how I would even term it. And I had like an hour and a half conversation because she was molested by a pastor in the church. So I don't discredit religion. I discredit the way that it's presented so I had a negative taste as I'm experiencing something similar to my sister. She's going through something and we're disconnected by somebody else's ability to take advantage of, of two people's vulnerability. So I had to have that conversation today with my sister for the first time saying, are you comfortable with me talking about your experience? She said, man, I was just having this thought to have a podcast and be able to talk about that. So I think she's going to be one of the next guests coming up to talk about, you know, her ability to overcome some mental health experiences. Cause I want to talk about lived experiences with people. As I'm telling you, this is like when you're going through emotional distress, hopefully you have somebody to connect to, you know, somebody to reach out to. How are so many athletes, you know, that are so mentally strong, so mentally did, how is that mental health is at an all-time high, but everybody's saying, man, there's nothing wrong. What's going on? Keep doing these things. So when you're hearing these things, you have to connect to people to talk about that are like, hey, man, what do you hear? Who do you believe? How do you get through it? Because there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of different people dealing with different mental health on different levels. So I'm going to be very transparent, very credible from my profession, from my lived experiences, and from my allies, and from the community, and from the previous employers of where everything is at with mental health. Throughout this show, throughout the shows coming forward, through the guests, mental health will be an underlying theme, talking, communicating, and making people more aware. Fluidity, sexual identity, it will be a gender topic also here where people are comfortable to be who you are, that's an energy. That's, that's, that's that person's energy wanting to connect with somebody else that might be trapped in the body they don't recognize. And we should be, who am I to judge what they want to wear, what they want to do if I don't understand it or accept it? So we're going to have conversations about just becoming who you are. Spirituality, religion, all of these things become toxic to mental health if it's labeled the wrong thing and everybody else is just talking about it. Or... All of these things become poetic and beautiful and say, man, look at how much courage these people had to come to the front to be able to encourage and open up and inspire. I don't want you to be inspired by what you thought I was, what I did for a living. I want you to be able to connect and grow with what I'm trying to become is just at peace through pain, through transparency with us. And I don't want you to feel alone to reach out. And that's why I said the push with KB at gmail.com because there's going to be some questions. There's going to be some concerns. There's going to be some things that we might need to go more in depth on. But we still need to be here together through this. And I'm by means not the be all end all person of who has the most vulnerable, authentic podcast. I'm just one of many. But my purpose is to be able to connect us and say mentally we can get through this together. And it's hard. 
I'm crying more now than I ever have. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more mentally strong than I've ever been and more mentally aware and hopefully mentally healthy enough to keep moving forward. I'm not trying to project something negative. I'm just making you aware that it is a continual fight day in, day out. I choose to be positive in this fight, but I'm very aware if I wasn't negative. This podcast, I want you to listen to it. I want you to share it. I want people to connect to this because the more that we connect to this, we can grow through this. The more people are comfortable listening to this, the more we're comfortable talking about this, the more that we can change, the more that we can articulate and grow through this. Mental health is nothing to fuck with, man. And we know that. And that's why I'm trying to be as open and empathetic right now and transparent saying thank you to you listening. Continue to fight. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, Take a breath and just take one more. A lot of times when you're going through these common conversations, take a moment to find something that gives you a smile. Because that's one of the biggest cures to this is just being able to smile. I, I have one last thing to say. When I went into um, the mental health hospital for that moment, there's a piece of paper over there that I held in my pocket and said, like, I'm having a moment. I'm mentally aware I'm having a moment. I'm mentally strong. I might be having a mental breakdown, but I'm not mentally broken. You have to know the difference between having a breakdown and being broken and being able to be resilient to fight through. Mental health is not a disability, but it should be acknowledged and treated like cancer. So hopefully you've been able to listen to this and take some things out of this. This is The Push with your boy KB. Thank you for listening to The Push. If you have any questions or concerns or want to follow up, go to thepushwithkb at gmail.com. Once again, thepushwithkb at gmail.com.